Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today we have a return guest, somebody who I've been getting tremendously inspired by from her Instagram, which is called Christabella Travels. And we are having from episode 12 back on Misfits and Rejects, Krista Romano. So Krista, welcome back. It's so happy to, I'm so happy to have you. Hey, Chapin. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's been really cool kind of following. We kind of left with you starting your whole kind of digital nomad life yeah. um, in episode 12, where we kind of show the audience on on how you're doing it. And you're still a digital commuter, I guess, technically, but you can, you still are falling under that umbrella of digital nomad, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could say I, well, anyway, I'm still a digital nomad. I think anybody that works remotely and travels at the same time is one, but um, I sometimes like to differentiate between being a remote worker or like a freelance versus um, like an employed person who kind of telecommutes because I still keep my nine to five Eastern time schedule no matter where I am. Right. But yeah. That's, yeah, that's super cool. So, but you're, you're out there, you're mixing up. We left from um, episode 12 with you had been out for about a year, roughly. You were going back to New York for a lot of weddings and you were kind of <laughs> still on the fence of like doing it full time or not. And now it's, you're on the road full time. Your Instagram is awesome. I can see it growing numerically every single day and tremendously inspiring because like you just got back from Africa you were in Namibia like I have so many questions to ask you about what the fuck you were doing in Namibia and how yeah. you were driving around there on your own with your squad because I mean, <laughs> as you know being an American there's a lot of apprehension to go to Africa because of all the media coverage and blah 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 all the bullshit but um Chris why don't you just talk about where you're at right now as we speak today, and then we'll kind of go from there. Like literally, where are you sitting right now in what part of the world? Cool. Right now I'm sitting in my Airbnb bed, um, and I'm in Lisbon. And Lisbon is in Portugal. Yeah, in Portugal. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm looking at the sea. It's a nice sunny day, and it's great. And before this, um, you're right, I, was, uh, I spent about seven weeks in southern Africa. Got to hit up a few different places there. Did you go with the intention of hitting up multiple places? Yeah. So, um, so I went, so I was basing myself in, uh, South Africa in Cape town and it was there with like a digital nomad co-living group. The Wi-Fi um, tribe. We know the Wi-Fi yeah, tribe. The wi -Fi tribe. <laughs> we love the Wi-Fi tribe. Okay, cool. I love the Wi-Fi tribe too. It was my fourth time traveling with them. Um, it's awesome every single time and Cape town was no different. So, yeah, I was with them. Um, and I kind of went with like no expectations about what I would see, but I did know that my birthday was going to be in the middle of that. So I knew I wanted to do something big for it. And, um, also I planned on taking a week off after the Wi-Fi tribe chapter from work. Um, so I could go somewhere that I, you know, could disconnect from Wi-Fi. Um, so I chose Namibia for that one. 
Wait, wait, wait. So did you Google countries that have no internet or what? <laughs> no, but um, what I knew about Namibia was that it's just, it's all desert, basically. Um, and it's essentially to go there, you just need to be in the car for many hours per day. Uh, so I just thought it would be, well, it was somewhere that I always wanted to go. And I didn't think I'd be able to go if I needed to be tethered to the internet. And that it was correct. So, so yeah. how did you always find yourself yearning to get to Namibia? I mean, I can imagine a lot of people don't even know where Namibia is on a map. So why? You know what? Donald Trump kids? doesn't even know how to say the name of it. He called it Nambia. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, like, I mean, it's just an illustration that a lot of people have no idea where it is. So South Africa is all the way at the bottom of Africa. And then Namibia is just north east of it so it's still on the coast namibia is huge i think it's like i don't know i want to say probably like three times the size of france or something it's like you know what don't quote me on that it's just big yeah. okay. <laughs> it's big okay um and yeah so it's it's pretty much just like they call it the skeleton coast it's just this kind of desolate coast that goes on for hours and hours and hours and then huge desert. And I think the reason why I wanted to go there was I just, I had had a friend that visited there and was raving about how special it was. Um, it's mostly about landscape there. It's not necessarily like a place where you go to soak up culture. And the reason for that is because it's the second least densely populated country on the planet, only behind Mongolia. Wow. So you kind of go, and uh, there's not that many places in the world where you can go and just drive for hours and hours and hours and not see a soul <laughs> um, or a house or like a building or a gas station or anything. So um, there were amazing stars every night and there was like some cool places that we went camping and the landscape just was constantly changing. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a really unique destination. It was awesome. I mean, it sounds incredible. And, and it's safe. Let's get into that in one second. I know the surf, yeah. surfers that are listening know Namibia because Namibia has some amazing yeah. waves, Skeleton mm -hmm. Bay being one of them. Um, but, you know, for the average non-traveler, even average traveler, like, Again, you're thinking Africa, you're thinking deserts, you're thinking Africans with AKs. And then there's Krista, blonde-haired, blue-eyed New mm -hmm. Yorker, going there with her friends and driving across it unassisted. Like, what about, what's up with that, like safety-wise? And, and how'd you do it? Because I know you didn't do it in a four-wheel drive car either. Oh, my God, <laughs> no. The car thing is so embarrassing. <laughs> um, it, it continued to be embarrassing the entire time that we were there. For anyone who, like, hasn't seen the pictures that I posted my friends and I were driving around this little Toyota Corolla on these really rocky roads. It's a miracle that we didn't get a flat tire. It's a miracle that we didn't get stuck in a sand pit because we had to like seriously gun it through a bunch of them. Um, so we were just in a very inappropriate car driving for like hours on end in this ridiculous little thing. What was your average um, kilometers per hour or miles per hour? Oh, 60. No. Like, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm incredibly Honestly, impressed. Like if you're driving over rocky roads in a little Toyota Corolla, like you can't be going that fast. I would say so, we were probably driving anywhere between five miles an hour and like 40 miles an hour. Okay. 
um, so slow. <laughs> 40 miles an hour would be like on the little bits of, uh, of road where it was actually paved, but that was very few and far between. So yeah, like really slow. <laughs> so you land and you rent a car and you already know that you feel, you're going to feel totally safe driving around Namibia, just you and your, now this was a female companion or a male companion. Mm -hmm. Um, it started off with three of us. It was me and my friends, uh, Becky and Kent. So mm -hmm. Kent only stayed for a few days though. So, um, so if he only stayed for a few Becky days, like, how is he getting back from where you drove? Cause there's, sounds like you're not like, we, there's not bustling towns everywhere. No, no, there's not. So we flew into Walvis Bay. No, is that where you flew into? Swakamund. We flew into a place called Swakamund. Um, and that's like a, a pretty cool little city like there was a little bit of nightlife and a couple of cute restaurants and stuff and um some foreigners? shops so Are there foreigners like is it bustling travel yeah you know it um yeah there were some foreigners i mean most people looked like they were european descent but i don't think that means that they're foreigners i think just that's kind of the population that's there Okay. So it's hard um, for you to tell, it sounds like. Yeah. A lot of Germans, though. Like, a uh, real lot of Germans. Why? Why do you think? Don't know. Don't know. Oh, well, it's, I mean, I guess um, Namibia was a German colony back in the day. So that maybe tends to attract people that want to see, like, their roots or <laughs> don't, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly can't really identify. That's cool. Um, I thought it was a little weird. There, there were a bunch of places where all over Namibia, actually, my friend and I, like, they would at first ask us if we were German, and then they would ask if we were Fran French, and then Canadian, and, like, they wouldn't even guess American. So I don't think that's a big uh, destination for Americans. And you weren't hiding it. You'd be like, yeah, I'm from America. Yach, or what? <laughs> yeah, always end with the hand flick, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, USA, uh, USA. <laughs> I would never say that abroad. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, to answer your question about like safety. Yeah. So um, after being in Cape Town for, I was there for six weeks, I was more comfortable in Cape Town than I thought that I was going to be. I mean, and I'm sure that probably has a lot to do with just like I was staying in a really nice area. Um, but I don't know, feeling like very rarely ever uncomfortable in Cape Town and then hearing that Namibia was one of the safest countries in Africa. I just was like, oh yeah, this is going to be a breeze. And it totally was. I mean, there were not even any people to, to feel threatened by. So yeah, it was fine. But then, okay, so fair enough, no people to feel threatened by, but driving a Toyota Corolla through uninhabitable deserts that you could easily gotten stuck in I mean, was it hot? Mm. Like, were you concerned about your well-being in the sense that, like, you could have died from exposure had you been stuck for multiple <laughs> days? Um, now that you mention it, I probably should have been concerned about that. Yeah, like, did you pack but... water? Like, did you have at least some safety water in case yeah, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we were planning on going camping. So, because um, pretty much if you go to Namibia, you can either go camping for, like, $10 a night or you can stay in a luxury resort for $700 a night. So, oh, really no in between. Yeah, not really. So we went the camping route. Um, so we our car was like stocked with, you know, some sustenance and water and, and sleeping things. And um, at night it was very cool. And during the daytime, depending on where you were, it was hot or just like very moderate. So it was okay. 
Yeah. So you just, you had tents, you'd like roll out a mat under the stars and just camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had tents. Yeah, it was cool. The campsites are super great. Oh, so you did, you went to like paid campsites instead of just pulling off the side of the road in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that that would be scary, I think, because it's like wild animals. What kind of wild animals? All kinds of wild like animals. Lions like lions tigers and bears, oh my. Like, <laughs> not tigers and bears, but lions um, and giraffe and elephant and springbok and ostrich and warthogs and alligator, crocodiles. Yeah, crocodiles. What a And trap. other things. Buffalo. Uh, hippos. We saw so many animals. It was so cool. It was amazing. You sketch getting out of your car and like those vast stretches between, uh, safety zones to like take photos or was it not that sketchy? No. Cause you can see for miles and miles in every direction. Yeah. There's that one photo of you sitting, uh, in that desert kind of just vast desert with all those dead trees. What's that about? Yeah, that that's like a that's actually um, a pretty big tourist destination. Luckily, when we got there, it was early in the morning, so we were like the first ones in that little park. But we hung around for like a couple of hours, and then all the Germans came in on their tour bus. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, basically, it's a place where you can see some of the highest sand dunes in the world, and you can like run up them um and then you can run down them and you're those dead trees there i guess that used to be a lake mm. and like all dried up and um it's just a very surreal kind of landscape like how many years ago did it dry up like thousands or like 10 i want to say closer to 10 if it's between 10 and a thousand but I, i'm not sure how many oh, years wow. that's crazy like recently another sign mm. of global warming of some sort oh yeah Crazy. So you did South Africa, you did Namibia. Where else did you go in Africa? Um, I went to Victoria Falls, which is the biggest waterfall in the world. And that was, (laughs) no, Um, it's not really my thing, but all my friends went and I took lots of pictures and it was really fun. (laughs) Can you bungee jump Um, off it or am I thinking of a bridge that's you bungee jump off it? There's a bridge. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so everybody went bungee jumping off that, and that's so anyway. Victoria Falls is on the border of Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Botswana. Mm-hmm. So, in a long weekend, I went to all three of those countries technically by driving. <laughs> like you rented a car. Um, what do we do? You can like get really easily across the border between Zambia and Zimbabwe, and you can get a um special visa where you get unlimited entry for like 30 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we took a tour, like a one day tour to Botswana and did this really cool game drive and like a safari riverboat thing. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Best birthday Great. ever. So then how was the digital commuting? Cause I know that when we first talked about it in episode 12, um, obviously time zones make a huge difference for you because you have to be mm. up on the East coast time. So that means you're working sometimes like you're starting work at like 9 PM and ending super early in the morning. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Africa is probably one of those time zones, right? Um, I think Africa is probably as far as I'll go because when I was there, I was starting work at four and finishing work at midnight. Um, which is like, you know, I'm awake during those hours anyway, no matter what. Uh, and I'm kind of a night owl. So, Working until midnight, it wasn't that big of a deal, but there, you know, 
I mean, I think with any office job, like you don't leave at five o'clock on the dot every single day. Some days you stay for an extra hour or two or even three. So I had days like that, of course, when I was in Cape Town, which meant I would sometimes work until three and then would go to bed super late. And then, so it was good. Like, I'm, I mean, it was definitely worth it. Um, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to go farther than that with the job that I have now. Okay. Even though I'd love to get back to Asia, but some other time. Okay. And so then what was your routine than when you were in Cape Town. I've seen a few photos where you always working at the house with the tribe. I feel like I've seen you in like no. lobbies of really nice hotels working as well. Yeah, going to nice hotels, their lobbies, that's like a great hack for anyone who's nomading um, to a city that might not have a co-working space or reliable internet anywhere because um, hotels almost always do. Um, so yeah, I, I went to there was like a hotel nearby that I would go to quite a bit. Um, there was tons of cafes. So yeah, basically I would wake up in the morning at like probably nine, like 10 o'clock. And then, um, there's a lot of great hiking in Cape town. There's tons of sightseeing and tours to do and museums. Um, so, and, and there's also a lot of really beautiful beaches. So pretty much I would just wake up in the morning and then like, you know, we would have decided the day before what were we going to do with the day and then go on, a, go on an adventure and then get home by 3.30 and start working at 4. Nice. That's cool. How yeah. is the tribe doing? It seems like uh, the Wi-Fi tribe has expanded globally and they're taking yeah. on the whole digital nomad world. What's that all about? Yeah, I think they're launching their – they're like doing three chapters simultaneously now. Um so when I first joined them like two years ago, they only had – they were only running one chapter at a time. Mm -hmm. And then for a while, they've been running two at a time. So they've been doing like a South America and a Europe-Africa one. Um, and now I think they're going to have those plus an Asia one running at any time. That's so it's awesome. Yeah. So it's Julie and Andy are blowing up. Oh, yeah. They're killing it. So proud of them. Absolutely. I love them. I still want to <laughs> jump on one of those things. I just uh, finished interviewing uh, Chris Reynolds from uh, Entrepreneur House last night, and oh, cool. uh, he seems like a really cool dude. Which I would love to join one of his chapters somewhere at some point. We're talking about maybe October in Chiang Mai, but um, like I talked to you pre-show, I'm super excited because I feel like I'm on the cusp of getting to do more of what you're doing, being so mobile and getting to you know work from various locations around the world. Um, now, I mean, you're kind of you moved into an era where it's like, let's talk full time digital nomad. Cause that's where you're at. Mm -hmm. Right. Like yeah. you're, not, you're not going home. Like we were talking about uh, trying to get that federal tax exemption by being out of the country, out of the U S for uh, 330 days a year. And it sounds like that's your next goal. Like to do that. Yeah. I mean, why am I going to pay federal taxes when I can't really benefit from it if I'm not there? So, yeah. um, yeah, just gonna go home. I mean, it makes me a little sad, actually. Like, I would, I would rather spend more time at home. Um, but also, it's quite a significant chunk of money um, to save by not paying taxes. So, mm -hmm. and also, like, I love being abroad and traveling all the time. So it's it's not really a huge ask. <laughs> right, and to yeah. do that, all you have to do is just be able to show your passport. 
right? Like, this is where I've been for the whole year. Like, it's not like a piece of paper that you have to fill out and ask for an exemption, right? Right. Yeah. Cool. Oh, do you know what, though? I actually haven't finished filing my taxes, um, but my friend just did it, and she may have needed to put down her itinerary for the year. Okay. So. Cool. I mean, back in the day in Nicaragua, like, I was out of the country most for that period of time for sure. I don't remember ever having to prove it. So things probably changed recently because I know my accountants asking me way more questions than they used to. <laughs> so you are in Lisbon. You love Lisbon. Can you talk to us a little bit about Lisbon and what's so special about it to you? Yeah, so I came to Lisbon last year and um, I was here for five weeks. And I kind of just came because I was meeting up with a friend and we were looking at a map thinking, okay, where have neither of us been in Europe? And Portugal was just one of those places that we really knew nothing about. But we were like, okay, we hear it's nice and it looks like it has good weather. So let's go there. Um, but it turns out that Lisbon is actually – it has such a good digital nomad community. Um, every Thursday there is a digital nomad meetup. There's also like a pretty regular cryptocurrency meetup um, plus other things. Uh, so really good networking. There's tons of great co-working spaces and like hotels that just are kind of like, you know, uh, unofficial co-working spaces as well as there's just everything's open late. It's not that expensive. The weather is very temperate. Um, there's water. There's city. There's kind of like mountains and vineyards nearby. So it just kind of has everything. Mm, sounds amazing. How are you getting by with the Portuguese? So many people speak English too and like cool. really good English. So mm -hmm. it's it hasn't really been a thing. Okay, cool. Do you mind talking with us a little bit about your cost of living just to give the audience some perspective on, you know, what you're paying monthly for rent with your Airbnb mm. and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, um I mean, it really depends on where in the world you are. So, mm -hmm. it's been like right now, your cost of living. Yeah. Um, I think in the apartment that I'm in, and I'm sharing it with, with three girls, we're each paying something like about $30 a night for our accommodation, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of steep. Like, it's way more than any local person would pay for accommodation uh, for, for an apartment. Um, yeah, that's 900 bucks a month. Yeah. So it's not cheap. Um, but at the same time, we all wanted to live together. The location's awesome. The apartment's amazing. Um, it's like really nice. So if it, if it were me on my own, I probably would be staying in a hostel and I'd probably still be spending about $30 a month. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. People like say that. Portugal's cheap. I know I just said it because it is cheaper than like, say, Paris or London, but I got to get back to South America <laughs> or Central America where I can start saving some money because, um, yeah, that's not really what I'm doing here. Right. So do you think overall, you know, accommodation, food, you know, a little bit of fiesta time, you're spending what, like, you know, 1400 16 bucks, 1600 a month just to get by? Yeah, probably about that. Cool. I mean, you're you got a nine to five. Like you're, that's probably okay. It's not the end of the world, right? Like you're not struggling. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I'm not like saving money here really, but um I guess I'm spending less than I would be spending in New York City and I am living an awesome life. Yeah. It sounds like it. What is your next move since you're not going back to Asia because of the time difference and you're trying to be out of the U.S. for that 330 days this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, is Lisbon your home base now for the next year? Or what's your plan? Um, I'm try. I'm like actively trying to not have a plan. Okay. So uh, after Lisbon, I, I am going on the Nomad Cruise, which I'm really Ooh. excited about. Did you, have Nomad you talked cruises. about that before? No, please. Let's talk about it. Tell okay, me, so just to, to finish. Okay, okay, to finish the first thought after yeah. the Nomad Cruise, I literally have no plans, so okay. we'll see. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the Nomad Cruise, it's a, it's a cruise, like any cruise. Um, so just picture a cruise ship, and it's that. But what this is is they rent out, or I guess they reserve like 250 spots in said cruise, and they um, advertise those spots on the cruise specifically to people who identify as digital nomads. Um, I don't think you don't need to prove that you're a digital nomad. If you just like want to be one or you're an aspiring one, or you want to network with people who are, who are nomads, then it's, I don't think anyone's going to tell you, no, you can't come. Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically just like, there's a lot of talks on the boat all week and, um, excursions and it's basically just like a big networking party, I think, (laughs) uh, I haven't been on it yet, so I don't really know, but it gets amazing reviews. So many people that are going on it. This is their like sixth time going on it, which I think says, says a lot. Um, I happen to know a lot of people that are going cause there's a big crew from the Wi-Fi tribe that are joining. Um, it's cool. I feel like the nomad community is it's, it's super small <laughs> and the longer that I'm in it, the more like, people's names I recognize, even if I've never met them, it's kind of like being in a big high school. Hmm. So, um, is it clicky? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think anyone can sit with us. (laughs) I feel like people are really welcoming actually. So yeah, it's good. And did you say it's a 10 day cruise? How long is a cruise? Yeah, it's, uh, it starts in Malaga, Spain, and then it ends 10 days later in Athens, Greece. Mm, lovely so it's the, the mediterranean pretty much yeah wow that sounds so cool so when you get off in athens and are you getting an apartment for another month and hanging out there or are you flying back to lisbon so i no no i don't have any flights oh, yeah. i have no you idea said, you I said just... completely open no no plans you're just gonna wing it like if i get off the boat and i haven't met anyone that has a plan that i want to like latch on to or if i haven't had any bright ideas by then, I think I'm just going to go probably book myself into a hostel that night and just see what happens. Um, I kind of miss living that way for the last year. I feel like I've known what I've been, what I'm going to do three months in advance. And I prefer to be a little bit more spontaneous than that. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, I feel like you alluded to possibly having um, different job on the horizon earlier. I don't know if I misread, you know, the tone of your voice or the vocabulary you use, but is there something maybe brewing in your head about creating something on your own or moving in a different direction or not? Um, no, I mean, I'm happy with, I'm happy with work. So I like it. I mean, my lifestyle is awesome. I like my company. Um, but I guess 
the way that I think about it is like, I don't feel like I'm going to be at the company forever, but I do feel like this lifestyle is more forever. So someday if there's another opportunity that I have, like hopefully it can accommodate, um, a time zone that would be in Asia. Got it. So Asia is in your heart still. You kind of feel that connection that we yeah, talked about for, in the past. For anyone who's listening, I, I lived in Thailand. For, I lived in Bangkok for two years as an expat before I became a digital nomad. And I haven't been back since. And I really miss it. And there's just so many places I didn't get to go to. So, yeah, Asia still has my heart. <laughs> oh, me too. I'm really just wanting to get back there myself. But know that for me right now, still Central America is where I need mm. to be. And we'll always be home base, but that's still where I'm at right now. And um, can we talk about what you do? I mean, I know it's kind of hush-hush in the beginning, but is that now public information? Um, I work for a – you know what? Actually, I don't know if, I'm, if I should be talking well, about right. it on we a podcast. We can keep you mysterious because it's like, ooh, maybe she's uh, CIA or something like that. <laughs> No, I work for a tech startup. Um, we're building an app. It's like a basically a cloud storage kind of app. Um, it does more stuff than that, but I don't think I can talk about it right okay, now. So still, anyway, we haven't launched yet. Um, but what I personally do, I'm I was the first marketing employee. We've hired a lot of other people since then. But um, when you are the first employee of a tech startup, then you kind of end up doing all different kinds of things. So I don't know if I'm necessarily a full stack marketer because I don't do any kind of like paid marketing um, or advertising, but like everything involving content and editing and um, business development. Like I worked on an influencer campaign for a long time that you were a part of Chapin. Um, yeah, social media, like all different kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the audience to know, like a lot of what I'm doing with my Instagram is because of Krista, you know, like her <laughs> and I worked together for some of the content creation that she was doing for her startup and she had a lot of great ideas. And then I took some of her ideas and made basically like my whole Instagram is created around your suggestion of having those five minute little interval sort of like notes for each episode that you suggested when we were doing that content creation. I was like, well, if I do yeah. that and then I take the imagery and put it into iMovie and make these like little vignettes, that's kind of cool. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, like my Instagram is because of you. <laughs> so oh thank God. you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So yeah, Chris inspiring me to, to keep moving. Thank you so much. Like I love your your Instagram, Christabella Travels. I'll get it right. Um, <laughs> and I love that you're living in Europe. I'm anxious to get back there too. I'm, lo I'm loving that you're you know, actually living in a cool apartment in Lisbon with some cool people because yeah. you're not like necessarily having to slum it around the world and not <laughs> do what you want. So that's inspiring as well. And the fact that you, you did Namibia <laughs> in a Toyota Corolla with a friend that's amazing. <laughs> like, that's crazy, dude. That's so cool. That was fun. Such that's a good super memory. Cool. Um, yeah. Anything you want to plug before we head out of here? And anything you want to say? Or are you good? No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's it. I, if anybody has any questions, they can definitely feel free to reach out to me. I love, I love helping people achieve this lifestyle. Like, I'm not doing it in any kind of official way, but 
I just, uh, it's fun for me and I, I really believe in it and think that the community should grow bigger as it already is. So yeah, say Cheers hi. To that. <laughs> Thank you. We'll uh, put that information in the show notes. I'll put your Instagram in the show notes so they can reach out that way. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Chapin. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that Maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.